Recording. When did you start hitting recording? I started hitting record. Again? I started hitting the recording 30 seconds ago. It's like every time I miss it and then you just start in and here we are. But I'm okay with that. What's up? It's okay. You told me you liked ambushes. So I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to give you exactly what you asked for. It's so ridiculous news, right? So we see that yes. um, suddenly uh, if you're buying a second home or, or uh, investment property. So let's take it back to the announcement. The announcement was yesterday. It was a, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac announcement. For those of you who aren't in the industry, you're just kind of watching this because you're curious about the industry that you're about to be utilizing to buy your mm. first house. Um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are the two overseeing lending entities, government-sponsored enterprises uh, that oversee conventional loans. They are who provide conventional loans. So you have your different loan choices. You got conventional, and then you have government insured, which is your FHA, VA, USDA. So this is going to affect all the conventional stuff, which makes up the vast majority of the loans in the market. It's, right. It's a, it's a large percentage of the market. And so mm -hmm. when people talk about mortgages, generally, they're, you know, it generally buckets into the Fannie and Freddie bucket, even if uh -huh. it's not explicitly said. Yeah. And I think it's the very last episode that we did, last two in a row, we've been talking about how, hey, man, like, Time on market is short, which makes it tough for first time home buyers. And then we followed that up with another, you know, real raw, raw podcast talking about how interest rates have been going up. And that makes it tough on first time home buyers. Well, today we have some actual good news for first time home buyers, but it's great news. terrible news for people <laughs> in the market for a vacation home or an investment property. Because uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac announced that they now have limitations on how many of those transactions they'll actually issue or purchase or relative to on, their relative to their total portfolio yeah right um, yeah I, you know okay. you talk about and you say that it when you talk about and you say that it's um uh you know that it seems like we're always talking about something oh you know whether this is so terrible or so good the reality is that mortgage markets change all the time it, it it's yep. no it feels like it's changing a lot, but it's no different from stock market. And you might see if we watch the stock market for any given time, any particular company may be up and maybe down. There's always things happening and adjusting. And it wouldn't feel weird if you wanted to buy it. Um, if you talk about buying stock in any company yep. um, that I said, hey, Mike, you know, if you want to buy that, I can tell you what that what it what it sells for today. But you're like, oh, no, 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 you know, I'm probably about three or four months away from, from doing it. I couldn't possibly tell you what the price is because things change and markets change and environments change. Yeah. And it happens in mortgages. And this, this to me, um, this announcement from Fannie and Freddie is one of those things that um, you don't know what's going to happen later. Sometimes the news yeah. moves in your favor. Sometimes right. it doesn't. Um, but you can't predict the things that can't be predicted i don't know I, there's some expression right what, what, it's you know? your it's your it's it's the my canned answer that i give to everybody whether i'm talking to somebody in the industry or i'm talking to a prospective home buyer or i'm just talking to a friend who's asking about interest rates because i'm the mortgage guy in their life and they trust me you know <laughs> we, what all, I mean? we all know that what, feeling every mortgage person's do, like i know that <laughs> what do rates look like is number one and the answer is always they look great because they're available and they can help you buy a house. Like rates always look great. Like I don't know what they're comparing it to. So I, I always I get rates. rates look I get great. this question. I always get the. Uh, so what are today's rates? And I'm yes. like, and I have to stop and be. You know, the one part of me is like, I know that you just want to have like. It's like asking, like, hey man, what's up? You're not really yeah. asking me for the complete detailed answer of what's happening. You just kind of, eh, they're good. They're yeah. good. Yeah, they're good. Uh, how, nice how much time do you have? Nice Let's talk about. Right? 
<laughs> Let's yeah. talk about it. Exactly. And then the follow-up question is, what are rates going to do? Are they going up? Are they going down? <laughs> I'm looking to buy a house six months from now. What do you think rates are going to be then? And my canned answer is goes along the lines with you can't predict what you can't <laughs> predict, right? If I knew what rates were going to be six months from now, I would be retired on a golf course somewhere. That is not true because you wouldn't retire because you're, I like just what, every time you think you're out, they pull you back in. That's true. That's true. Find yeah, something else it. to build. You <laughs> say that, right? It's like, oh, I know. But if I knew the answer, I'd be, you know, no, you wouldn't. We'd all be doing well, it's, this. It's, it's, it. it's, it's good for that person to think that we wouldn't be in the business any longer, though. But <laughs> you just you can't predict rates, just like you can't predict changes like these. So the crux of the change is that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are now limiting. And I, I want to give background on this so people kind of green and fresh into it, kind of know how the business works. I'm going to do a very short, I wish I had, my, I have a diagram that I have while drawn, you're doing like a mortgage that, banking, like mortgage banking 101 type of thing. While, while you're doing it, I'm going to prove that this isn't just a prop because I'm thirsty. So look at this. I like that it. Attaches, let's, let's watch it. me. That's watch good. Me. Everybody knows it is functional too. And this <laughs> actual it, water. This is not just a cry for sponsorship either. It's actually <laughs> what I'm drinking today. Um, <laughs> regardless. But if they want to sponsor, just just in case, here, let's, there we go. Um, so the, the way that mortgage loans work, if you've ever gotten a mortgage loan, you know that your lender, maybe you don't know because they didn't, but your lender should prepare you and let you know your loan could be sold. Just because you did your loan with XYZ Mortgage doesn't mean you're going to be making your monthly payment to XYZ Mortgage forever. The vast majority of mortgage lenders in the nation, thousands of mortgage lenders, originate loans, and then they sell them because it takes an insane amount of infrastructure and personnel to set up a servicing division that will actually bill people and accept payments and things like that. And there's lots of people on the secondary market, Wall Street, investors, hedge funds. There's lots of people that love to buy the rights to service those mortgages from those lenders because they're kind of in it for the long haul with collecting the interest. Collecting but the payment, right. Pay, the small but, amount yeah. of money they get for collecting payments. Exactly. I, I put a quick note on here. In, Absolutely. In, you know, where we talk about, you know, the mortgage industry actually has two very distinct phases. There's mm -hmm. the starting of the loan. Yep. And then there's the collecting of the loan. And, the, and in any mortgage company, these are two different departments. Um, and so um, when sometimes a lot, you talk about lo loans being sold, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, there's a negative reaction there. I don't want my loans being sold. I want my loans to stay within a company. But it's even actually when a positive thing, it, it's it's at, but there's still two different departments. Um, yeah. It's is the company good at collecting payments? And, and some companies and are great loan, at it. And your loan's actually being sold to a different company oh. that has massive infrastructure and investment into building out yes. the department yes. that is solely responsible and expertise in collecting those payments. So you're actually in better hands most of the time when your loan gets sold. Um, anyway, but, yeah, so here we go. Yeah, yeah, all, all of that stuff. But when a smaller lender sells a loan to a larger uh, a larger investor um, who's now going to be collecting the payments and all of that stuff, um, they get paid a premium um, because that's an investment that's worth something to them. So they pay for it. And that's how smaller lenders make money. But when a smaller lender sells a loan, they typically don't sell one loan at a time. They typically sell them in pools or big 
groups of loans. So yes, hundreds, thousands. Alex, yeah, if Alex gets a mortgage and then Dan gets a mortgage and Mike gets a mortgage and then a hundred other people get a mortgage, then they're all bundled up into kind of pools of loans with similar characteristics. And then they're sold at an average price. And then just like when you buy in bulk, you get a discount. If you sell in bulk, you typically get paid a premium because it's a larger investment with a bigger upside. So that's kind of how company, that's kind of how mortgage lenders make money um, in the short term, as opposed to waiting it out for 30 years to collect all those payments and, and make all that money. Really good explanation, by the way. I, that was super succinct. I, I like how you did that. Appreciate it. Uh, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac just realized, not realized, just announced, we were the ones that realized, uh, they just announced that they won't be accepting loan pools with more than 7% of second home and non-owner occupied properties within that pool. So this is volume based, but let's break it down into units, just number of loans to make the math easy. If, a, if, if before, a before you get, started, loans, before yes, you get to it, what is, what is a typical, like, would you, do you know like about what the typical break up, breakdown is now? No, uh, I don't. Uh, I, okay. I don't have the numbers on, on what the averages are right now. Um, I honestly, I'd be shocked if it's higher than ten percent. Second home. That's, that's significant for the story. That's significant yes. for where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make the numbers easy. Let's say a company is trying to sell a hundred loans to the secondary market, and an investment fund wants to buy that hundred loans. Well, now maybe 10 of those loans are secured by vacation homes or investment properties. And the other 90 loans are secured by right. primary residences, which is- Yeah, people are living in their houses. It's mostly people. It could be first time buyers. It could be anybody. It's just, you know, we're living in our houses. And a 90-10 breakdown is a completely reasonable assumption. Those are, those are assumed numbers. Sounds good. We're, we're going to be pretty close. Um, now only seven out of the 100 loans can be secured. So- what happens to those other three loans? Those other three loans have to be allocated to their own pool. So now you're selling a pool of three loans. Maybe you had some other onesies and twosies floating around out there. Okay. So now instead of selling them and getting paid on a hundred loan pool, you're selling them and getting paid on like a 10 loan pool. And the person buying them knows that every single one of those 10 loans is secured by a vacation home or an investment property. And in the mortgage industry, you know, we have all the all the default rates and all the all the stuff that happens to mortgages. We're all looking at them. If something bad happens to someone and they have to stop making a payment on a property, they're not gonna choose the property they live in to stop making the payment on first. Right. If they own multiple right. properties, they're going to let those investment properties and, and second homes go and, and keep the place that they're keep living the, in as their, their top primary. priority. Right, your roof. Absolutely. So there's more risk there when a loan is secured by a second home, a vacation home, or an investment property. So now instead of getting the bulk advantage price bump, now you're not getting bulk pricing because you're not selling 100 loans, you're selling 10 loans. And you're getting even worse pricing than that because it's a riskier pool of loans to purchase. Take all this in and like, that's awesome secondary market knowledge. Secondary market for everybody else, like that's what happens to your loan after it closes, right? Mm -hmm. After the consumers we get, so we're you know, called the primary market. Secondary is what happens with Wall Street. It's a really good explanation. But like, what 
so what does this mean to yep. somebody who's buying a house today? What happens? Because like suddenly there's a big yeah. change, small change, yeah, but, so, it, but it's big effect. Yeah. So home buyers don't think in terms of price. They think in terms of rate. But no, in the mortgage industry, for every rate, there is a price. You might not always see that price. That price might not happen until after your loan closes. But if you use a 2-1 conversion ratio, that'll usually get you close. So if your price goes up by 1%, you're either going to have to pay 1% out of pocket to get the same rate, or you can keep that money in your pocket and take a rate that's a half a percent higher. So that translates, hey, you can pay a discount point and yes. it generally equates to half a percentage point in mortgage rate. Typically uh, one discount point. Somewhere around there. To a, yeah, and a, again, it'll, it, it can vary it varies, on but what the actual interest rate is and the type of program. But the market, the market where it could be a quarter percent, it could be more than half, but you, it, there's one a- One discount point to a half an interest rate point is pretty, cool. that's gonna get you close. So if somebody, some company is getting paid multiple points less for a pool of loans, because it has, they're not going to keep offering the right. same interest rates because, because they're not the characteristics. The to, they're not in the business to take a bath on everything and 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 just do these loans for fun, even though they're losing money. So you're going to see interest rates tick up quite a bit on second home properties and investment loan. And you're not and not even going properties. to see it. It actually happened. So there so you go. It's already. Mm -hmm. You're a little frozen. Link Hold to on. that in the comments. And then uh, immediately. What what did you just say? I think we lost you for a second. You went frozen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty close. We took a couple of pictures. It's okay. It's, 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 so, <laughs> no, what were you going to say? It, it, not only is it going to happen, but it already happened. It's, right. It's not that it's going to happen. It's that it did. So so Fannie and Freddie put out this announcement on March 10. On Mar mm -hmm. By March 11 in the morning, we already had notice. Here it was. And it was rolled out in the pricing sheets so that if you're buying a second home or you're buying an investment property with a loan that's backed by Fannie or Freddie, which is the majority of them, especially you know for this particular product, Mm -hmm. you're seeing immediately the loans, the price changed. So what does that mean? You're saying the price change means that your rates are up. You can pay Absolutely. discount points. You can pay You can pay the discount points for it and that's fine. That's out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Discount points are, are money that you pay out of pocket at the time of closing for access to a particular interest rate. If you don't want to pay that money out of pocket, you don't get that particular rate. You actually get a higher rate. And on so we're seeing that now. We see higher rates in and, and these things, so these things are not set by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the actual agencies that oversee them. They're just saying, hey guys, on the loan pools that you deliver to us, 7% is the maximum in that pool that can be made up of loans secured by second homes and investment properties. Take that as you will and do what you need to do for your own business model. So every lender might be handling this differently, but you saw one today that put a five point price yes. increase yes. on investment property loans, yes. five point. So you're looking See, at, imagine being in the market for a house and your interest rate increasing two and a half percent overnight. Gosh. Overnight, overnight, overnight. Unbelievable. And you can't account for it, it just happened, right? And so, so, um, so I think j just to kind of spell it like how this happened, it's yeah. not um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac won't buy these loans from the lenders or beyond a certain amount. They're like, we have this many slots to fill. 
And the lenders are like, oh my gosh, if we make a loan and they don't have room for us, we're stuck holding this loan. And now like, that's not our business. And they're most likely going to sell it into what would be uh, deemed a non-conforming pool. Somebody take this thing from us. Like Uh we're stuck. And so what lenders are doing is rather than risk filling up, rather than risk not being able to get the loan to Fannie and Freddie, rather than be stuck holding what, you know, in all, I mean, it's not like the loan's quality is any different. No, it's just, they, absolutely can't, not. they just can't do anything with the loan net. It can't be serviced. They don't have the department for that. Not at the price that they were expecting yesterday. <laughs> right. Right. So therefore so let's make our price be, really bad. So and nobody. Simple, and it's a simple supply and demand thing. So what happened if tomorrow Tesla all of a sudden only had seven percent of the cars to sell that they do today what are they going to do are they going to sell them at the current price and piss everybody off or are they going to go out and say we're not going to stop selling cars because that's our business we need to sell cars but now they're going to cost like four hundred thousand dollars and it's just immediately going to price a bunch of people out of the market and now all of a sudden at that price the demand comes down and now they can meet demand and that's what we're seeing from lenders it's it's part protection and part supply and demand they're protecting themselves from being the last person to implement a price increase because if you're the last person to implement a price increase you're gonna get picked off (laughs) everybody right yeah you're gonna get all the you're gonna get all of those loans and then have nowhere to go with them and you're gonna go bankrupt and nobody wants that to happen um but at the same time, and you know, this kind of happened uh, similarly when they did the same thing. It was a little different. It wasn't with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. It was more for the government loans, the FHA and VA. There are what's called high balance transactions. So the nationwide standard maximum loan amount kind of blanket over everybody is 548,250, which still seems weird to say. I still want to say 417,000 from yesterday <laughs> year, right? But it does it for, for 2021, that blanket loan amount is $548,250, maximum loan amount nationwide for your standard conventional loan. But right, right. In, in the counties that are deemed high cost, um, so basically, if you live on a coast and, and property <laughs> values are insane, right? right? You know, there's right. places where property values are expensive and the median home prices dictate that you should be able to get a loan for, for more than that. Um, you can go higher than that on a on a conventional or or a government loan. So you, could, I mean, you can go up to 720 something thousand. Right. Depending on where you live, the, the limits are flexible. Exactly. But it's considered a high balance loan. And a few years ago... Um, the HUD, the, who oversees all the, the government pools, the, the FHA and VA loans, something came down that said maximum of 10% high balance loans. In your pool. Over, so same, in, same thing, in, in your pool. Same thing same we're thing. talking about today exactly. with high balance loans. Today. Exactly. And then they actually created um, separate spec pools. So you'll have uh, pools that you can deliver into that are specified as standard balance and certain pools that you can deliver into that are specified as high balance. And it was a real kind of mathematical equation and, and kind of a, a, a push and pull to go through. Cause when you're setting up your pools to sell those loans, you're going to look at them and say, okay, this pool has yeah. $10 million of standard balance loans in it, <laughs> but 10% of that 
can be high balance, which specific high balance loans can I fit into that at those loan amounts to maximize that 10%? Because that 10%, if you deliver them as standard balance, you are paid a standard balance price. This is total but, inside baseball stuff. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I love this. I love this. Click that, smash that like button if you want to hear more of this stuff. <laughs> so then right? a lot of lenders would say, so I was in a previous life, I was in charge of setting up those pools. So I was trying to push and pull and trying to maximize that 10% because the ones that fit into that pool were quote, free high balance loans because high balance loans cost more. The interest rates are higher. The prices are higher because if it doesn't fit into that 10%, you have a high balance pool that you need to sell that loan into. And the prices from high balance to standard balance and this is just a regular FHA transaction, primary residence, like for like credit, straight apples to apples comparison, you're getting paid two points lower on a like so charge, two points more, saying, two points more to the customer. Two, it's two, two additional points, points, which is roughly an entire percentage a point, point to a point rate. and a quarter. And yeah. exactly, exactly. So, I, so it's a good a huge difference. So if you translate that to this, 10% to 7%, well, that two points is going to go up because you have a smaller allocation. You have second homes and non-owner occupied properties, which are uh, which present more of a risk to a lender or, or an end investor, owner, servicer of that. So that's going to go up. The fact that Fannie Mae already applies anywhere between a a two and a half to a three and three eighths price hit to investment transactions already straight off the top. And now we have lenders that are trying to protect themselves at all costs by just tossing on another five point adjuster. All of this to say, everybody, if you're just joining us, some of the people who are in the market for vacation homes and investment properties are going to be taken out of the market by this. And finally we can say, and this is great for first-time home buyers. This I, thing I is think, going on in the market right now. This is going to help. I think we, I think we buried the lead. Let, let. Yeah. I think this story. I, that um, the last. I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess that was between four and six minutes. That was gradual level education, and mm -hmm. I could watch your brain going as you as you started tripping forward. It is. It, it's really important stuff, and that's what you. That's mm -hmm. what you learn from years of working in secondary markets. You sat on the pricing desk. You are the guy who makes mortgage rates. Yeah, like you're actually the guy who so makes mortgage rates. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you something. Everybody change. else is going to. Everybody else is going to just see it. Gonna, I'm going to cut this out because I'm going to get up. I'm going to go get something. But I want to show you how to how to properly explain explain this. I don't think you should cut it. I'm going to continue talking while you're gone. While we're all looking at your empty oh, desk. So what Mike just did was he was telling you where mortgage rates come from. And that's a big deal. And, and specifically what we have happening here is that if you are a first time buyer, you know, the market's crazy. Uh, you go and there's lots of competition for house and you're competing with, that is awesome. Look at that chart. So that's that your, is a- That's the mortgage. Hold on, let me see if I can, can I- get, How's yeah. it gonna get on I don't focus? Know if I, can, I don't Near. know if I can adjust my exposure manually right now, but I'm gonna try. There it is. Okay. Yeah, nice job. Yeah. So this was, I made this, and I probably have to hold it over here to get it in focus for you guys. Yes. But I, I made this for my Mortgage Banking 101 video. I remember this this actual Yeah, so this, this was basically just saying that when two people buy a house, they get the money from the bank, but that bank's doing a bunch of loans over here. 
And then this bank is taking their bunch of loans and they're selling them to a bigger banking institution. Man, if, if and you were taking this whiteboard this bank, explainer. They're taking comments. this yeah. bank's loans along with a bunch of other banks' loans and putting them into what's called mortgage-backed securities. And this is basically a whole bunch of these. All three of those are just tons and tons, thousands of loans that they bought from other smaller banks. Let, right? Let's make this an explainer. I, okay, yeah. Let's take this. We'll take your original video. Um, let's make an explainer. This is great. Yeah, we, we can do it. And then the mortgage-backed securities, which is just big old piles and piles of loans, are what's sold to investors that purchase them on the secondary market. Nice. So your local bank gives you money. You're in a house. You're happy. I Star Wars did this. He's holding a lightsaber. That's Anakin. I remember. Yeah, I remember. But <laughs> yeah, so that's that's basically. Are we still what, filming? Uh, I want to know how much. Are yeah. we still So this is yeah. going to keep going? Yeah. All right, look. Um, yeah, you're going to lose my camera again because I want you to. That's okay. I'm going to keep talking. We're going to take that video. We're going to make an explainer of it. It's super important. It's also really, really deep um, uh, content for, for what it is we're talking about, where the story came up, or why we started talking about um, the second homes investment properties. When you're a first time home buyer, you're going out to look at homes. Specifically, these properties are getting purchased by investors and, um, second home buyers, yes. but what it is not, what it is not doing, um, specific, well, more so investors. What this doesn't do is it doesn't curtail all cash buyers, but it does take some people out who are maybe like Airbnb, you know, buy property and like Airbnb or do whatever. It kind of takes the retail, uh, residential investor out of the mix. You know, institutional is still there. And so it's another step by um, this administration to help promote home ownership within communities. It's to mm -hmm. help um, people like us just come in, buy a home, and, and to not have to face such pressure. Um, that's terrific, right? It, it reduces the number of buyers for the, um, for uh, you know, entry level homes, especially with the Great market plan. being so hot right now. I mean, with, with, with 16 days is your average time on market. The market's hot. There's so much competition out there as it is. And at the end of the day, if, if there's an investor who's looking to write a check for a home and just buy it with a wad of cash, there's no getting around that. But the people who are looking to finance yes. their investment property purchases or right. finance their vacation home, especially the vacation home thing. I don't know anybody who needs to buy a vacation home. It depends who you, you know ask. what I mean. So, so an automatic one one and a half point hike to the interest rates right. on their vacation home purchase might just instantly take. I got it. I got a note of the market. Of mine. Which is just it's great. It's, so, well, it's great for all, first time home buyers. It's not for great for people who want vacation all, homes. We have yeah. You know, there are there are loan officers in the business who specifically have um, they do a lot of business in mountain towns or whatever. And so I got a I got a you know I put something on Twitter. I was like, here's what happened. I got a yeah. note from a friend of mine who who was like, you know, because <laughs> it's hard, right? As you're saying, if you're buying a house one day and suddenly the, the rates go up, mm -hmm. um, doesn't mean that there's not an outlet, you, you know, can, there's still mortgage money that's there. It's just more expensive. Yep. Um, I think it's another, you know, we keep seeing these pro consumer changes or pro first time home buyer. Um, yep. it's another, it's another piece that's pushing towards the Biden first time home buyer tax credit. That we expect to see it is because you it, it's you have things working for you from both sides now you have you have a, a change that in the mortgage industry is looked at as an adverse change it's going to cost a lot of companies a lot of money 
but it's actually a positive for the first time home buyer. So yes. it's going to be rare to find mortgage people talking about this as a plus. Um, that's why Again, you us, right? <laughs> you know, you know right. what I mean? So this is going to take people out of the market for first time home buyers to have more access to the homes that are up for sale. And then once the Biden tax credit piece hits, that is going to enable people who aren't in the market for their first home to possibly enter the market. So you yes. have it helping from both sides now. I think it's terrific. My it's, computer's it's about to go dead. So expand on that. I'll be right back. Oh my gosh, she's leaving again. I just talked to your empty chair. Yeah. I, I, it, I mean, I've done that before. I just sat here and just talked. Still here. I, I, saw the, I saw the hand waving. Yeah. Are you coming back around the desk? Are yeah. you plugging in because you're running out of power? That's how yes, long we've been because talking? because I had to wait for somebody for 30 minutes on the Zoom before they dialed in. Who was that, me? You heard, you heard my ding dong. People are coming in and out like you <laughs> boom, boom, over and I over. I was blaming you. I was just pointing I got to turn that thing off. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we've been we've been going at this for a while. It's dense. There'll be a great transcription. There'll be a lot of information. I'm sure you'll do a lot of fun stuff in post. Um, you'll change your title to uh, secondary market guy. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can do that. I don't know. We'll see about the post. I feel like the content is in the conversation on this one. And uh, and we're a bit of a circus. This was a fun one. Yeah. 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 And by we, I mean me because I've been Apparently, I'm allergic to sitting in the chair today. <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good. All right. Later, Mike. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.